Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Three Point Jesus podcast. Uh, I don't know if it's a special edition of the podcast, but we're doing we're two, two in one week. But that's what happens when you win three straight ACC games. I'm Sam, co-host Jay. Uh, Jay, glad to be talking to you again about another win. Yes, sir. Got to take advantage. It's a short week when the Irish are uh, giving us exciting topics and data to talk about. Yeah, I also have some travel coming up that may preclude us from talking this weekend. But we we don't we don't need to. We'll talk. It's it's, it's about the wins, right? <laughs> That's in the fine print. Yeah, yeah. If they beat Syracuse on Saturday, maybe I'll figure out a way to to pod from vacation. But um, for now, we're here to talk about Notre Dame's seventy-two to fifty win against Louisville um, on Wednesday night. I mean, this was like just a pretty comprehensive beatdown. Notre Dame had a you know a rough dry spell there late in the first half. Um, but then once the second half got going, you know, it was up by four to start, sort of quickly stretched it to, to 10 and then never really let it get below double digits the rest of the way and, and cruised to the ultimate 22 point win. Uh, Braden Shrewsbury had 23, he was seven of 11 from three. Um, Marcus Burton had, had 16 points. Um, you know, again, a team rebounding effort. Kerry Booth with seven, Kevin Jai with six. I, I thought, you know, another really strong game from Keba. Um, even he only scored two points, but um, you know, just a, just a good all around effort. I mean, this is a game where, uh, you know, when uh, when Thomas Crow is is hitting a three at the end, um, you know, <laughs> you, you know, things either went really well or really poorly, and, and in this case, really well. The only thing missing from this game was a Matt Zona three from the top of the game. <laughs> yeah, he tried. He he definitely tried. Um, you know, I mean, I guess a lot of different ways we can go in this one. I th- I think maybe we start maybe we start with Shrewsbury, who was coming off um, the rough game against against Georgia Tech, but um, I thought did a really good job, kind of hunting his shot and, and being aggressive, and um, you know, you could tell he was hot early, and then. He took some shots that the one, some of the ones he missed maybe weren't the most advisable. But when you go seven of eleven, you sort of have to keep that green light on and, and uh, you know take take any look you can get. Yeah, and he made some ill-advised ones also. <laughs> yeah, um, one one of which was uh, you know almost uh, end of the shot clock, kind of a almost a heat check, but um, and you know he threw that one in, and then one of the most comical three pointers you and I texted about a couple <laughs> minutes later. Just the ball went off of eight different people, found its way directly to him with plenty of space, and he fired that one home too. So um, it felt like a game where a lot of bounces went our way, but you know we we made our own luck with regards to that. I think um, I want to say every single ACC opponent has scored below their scoring average against us this year. Um, Maybe I'm misremembering, but it's it's a very high percentage at, at worst. Yeah, it's um, the the only one I might that might not be there would be Virginia and and Pitt in those two back to back games. Right. Um, I mean, Virginia probably averages like you know if, after the last few games they might be in the high forties at this point with their uh, with their team average. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another uh, stat stuffing performance from Burton. He he really didn't. First, I don't know, maybe 25 minutes of the game. Didn't didn't have his best stuff, but, man, he turned it on. Um, and when he does, he's just awesome. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's able to get to the rim. He's making plays. He's distributing the ball. Um, again, the Irish break the 10-assist barrier today, <laughs> or, uh, yesterday, with, with 12. 
Um, only seven turnovers. Burton did have three of those, but honestly, one of them was like a clear hack. Yeah. Um, the refs, the refs were really letting them play. So, um, really a pretty clean game on his part. And, you know, another three swipes, um, the, the boys are, are kind of starting to gel here and it's, it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we sort of talked about it in the last pod, but it, it's really encouraging how, you know, this is this team like Burton personally. And then this team more generally, like after sort of the way things were trending after that, you know, that, uh, Pitt, Virginia, the, the Virginia Pitt Duke stretch, um, you know, it, it, things could have taken a turn in the wrong direction. And, and instead, you know, I think Burton and I think this whole team kind of right at the ship um, really kind of got back to the, the sort of defensive principles um, and, and have obviously and have now won three in a row and sort of are not going to finish last in the ACC this year. Um, you know, that, that's what happens when you beat the teams that are sort of around you. I thought, um, you know, one thing I sort of noticed more in this game, which I think, I think was true to a large extent in Georgia Tech and, and Virginia Tech was how, really good um, Keba and Kerry Booth have been sort of interior defensively. Like they're really good at making those, making opponents shoot hard shots around the rim without fouling. They sort of wall up, play vertically and don't, you know, don't let their opponents get easy buckets. And that just like, that can make such a difference defensively, um, you know, on the margins there. Yeah. Um, a couple of uh, team stat, um, just uh, things to talk about here. Irish shoot uh, only eight free throws, but they make six of them for 75%. Louisville was atrocious from the line. Um, they were eight for 16, shooting 50%. And honestly, just watching the game live, I'm honestly surprised it was 50%. Yeah. It felt like they were just just conging everything they were throwing up there. Um, thank God for uh, Sky Clark. <laughs> they only made threes for Louisville all game uh, as they go four of 17 from three. Awesome perimeter defense from the Irish to, to uh, complement that interior defense you referenced. Um, we stole the ball seven times, Louisville twice. Um, we kept the turnovers to seven, Louisville had 11. And we scored 11 points off those turnovers, Louisville scored one. So a really clean game. Um, and um, the, the just drastic difference, honestly, in the composure of this team from just straight two weeks ago is, is mm-hmm. awesome to see. Really yeah, good. yeah. I think I think guys have really, um, and, and and this I think this counts for this goes for Shrewsbury too. Guys have just really figured out their roles. I, I guess that's a credit to Shrewsbury. Um, you know, I think Kerry <laughs> Booth was a guy I talked about earlier. I thought he had a really good game. You know, he he only took, I think you know, he was one for three from three. Maybe one of those misses was probably an ill advised three, but he was much more aggressive getting to the hoop. Um, you know, he's strong rebounding. And you see that in his minutes. You know, he played 24 minutes uh, in this one after only getting 14 against Georgia Tech. It, it, it really seems like he's a guy where you sort of can get a read in the first, like, four, you know, either the under 16 or the under 12 of the first half, whether it's going to be a good carry booth game or a bad carry booth game. Um, yep. and, and this was a good one. And so, um, you know, I, I think, like, in general, and this applies to Shrewsbury, it, it, to Shrewsbury too is he, he's just getting really good at kind of identifying what's working, and you're we're just gonna keep going to that. Like in this one, it, it was it was finding Braden like finding Braden open looks, and that's how you get to eleven threes. You make seven of them, like you, you know that's uh, that that's gonna win you a lot of games right there. Last game it, it was uh, it was Tay Davis getting to the rim, um, so, so we really played that up. So I think and that goes back to like you know he. 
at Penn State last year, he wasn't like Michael Shrewsbury was not reinventing the wheel offensively, but he had a really good player in Jalen uh, Pickett, and he knew he was just going to keep keep pounding him at the rack until um, opponents proved they could stop it, and a lot of times they couldn't. And so I think that's like when you think about what this team is going to look like going forward, I, I think it's like hard to say the same way you sort of knew what a Mike Bray team would look like offensively, whereas now it's going to be like, I, I think Micah Shrewsbury is going to do a really good job of sort of identifying what he's got in early in the season and then saying, all right, this is what we got. This is what we're going to do then. Um, and that's, a, I think, a pretty good thing to have as a coach, especially in this era of college basketball. Yeah, two, two like very concrete examples to emphasize your point. The first was uh, the beautiful rub pick play at the top of the key. I believe it was Booth handed it off to, could have been, I think, Burton. Um, and then rubbed off a screen from Jai at the top of the key, and Kerry Booth found himself wide open underneath for a dunk. Um, the very next possession, they ran the exact same set. Um, and out of that action, um, Booth was covered, but they sagged in to help, and that gave Logan Imes, I believe it was, an open three. Mm-hmm. Um, from the corner so so that to your point you know they, they ran that same action um on two consecutive possessions with two different outcomes just based on what was available which is which is good coaching the other concrete example is on the defensive side of the ball um you know any time that huntley hartfield had the ball they were doubling him yeah um and 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 it worked um yep. louisville knew it was coming and the only guy who could do anything about it was sky clark who quite honestly was unconscious. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure why he only took eight shots. He should have been throwing up more. Broken rib or not, I mean, the guy was in fuego most of the game. Um, so just just really great coaching. I thought um, Shrews just outcoached Louisville um, and Kenny Payne, and um, he got the dub as a result. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the yeah Huntley Hatfield uh, got doubled every time. And uh, knew it was coming, and also still traveled a lot, and uh, and still couldn't really couldn't really do do anything with the ball. Um, but no, I, I think I think you had a really good point. That the, the other sort of play that stands out, just in terms of growth of this team, is I forget exactly when it happened, um, but it was just a little sort of it's not even really a give and go, but just you know sort of an exchange between I think it was Shrewsbury and Logan Imes where. You know, Shrewsbury passes off to Imes on the wing. He has like a sort of open three, but in the process, they like lost, Louisville lost the switch. And so then like Shrewsbury was wide open. So Imes just sort of steps over, passes it back, and Shrewsbury's wide open for another three. Um, and that's just kind of that, like, it would have been a good shot for Logan Imes to take at that point, but there was a better one available and, and he, uh, he was able to find it and sort of stayed calm enough. And, and again, like, again, Logan Imes, only takes one three, but it was a big three, and he made it. Um, about midway through the second half, Louisville was coming off a, a Huntley Hatfield uh, three point play on the other end to cut the lead to eight. Uh, Imes hits a, a wide open three to to stretch the lead back to eleven. So, um, you know, another sort of the same thing as uh, was against Georgia Tech, where he, he hit the three. Or was it Virginia Tech? Those two games have sort of run together a little bit, but where he hit the three in the corner to. Uh, to, to kind of extend, I think it was Virginia Tech that 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 one. Yeah, I was going to say, it was. I think it was Virginia Tech, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, again, just like guys knowing their roles, knowing you know, taking smart shots, playing smartly offensively. I just think, you know, I'm not sure this team has like gotten a lot more skilled offensively over the course of this season, but they've really identified their strengths and weaknesses a lot more, and have gotten a lot better at playing to their strengths, um, and that can do wonders in and of itself. A uh, couple quick shout-outs. Uh, Shrewsbury, the younger, 
uh, in front of friends and family, did tie the Notre Dame freshman record for three-point makes in a game with seven. Pretty cool. Um, and the Notre Dame Ken Palm defensive ranking has climbed all the way up to 29th in the country. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, another fun thing to maybe chat about um, after we close up Louisville is uh, the current ACC tournament bracket if the season ended today. Pretty interesting stuff um, after we close out Louisville here. Yeah. yeah the, the only thing I was going to add on the Ken Palm perspective is we're actually we're getting really close to North Carolina for uh, for first defensively in conference play in the ACC. Their, their defensive efficiency is 97.5 and ours is 97.9. So, um, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, I do kind of think our schedule the rest of the way is going to make overtaking them a challenge, uh, given one of the games is is in Chapel Hill against those guys. Um, but just sort of goes to show, like, like we were talking about the last time, like this defense has really... Um, Kind of stabilized and like, and, and in a lot of ways, gotten better over the course of the season, which is um, pretty pretty encouraging. Yeah, um, we just need to not have Chris back on the pod ever again. <laughs> uh, and, uh, the 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 Irish will uh, will win out the end of the year, I guess. Yeah, um, it feels like we're playing with house money now. We said uh, on that uh, infamous pod, three got to get three wins through the stretch. Well, we're there, so uh, we got house money coming up. Like you said, difficult stretch to end the season here, but um, hey, the, the guys have some confidence now, so um, let's see what they can do. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we can we can look ahead a little bit. Um, I don't know anything else on Louisville you want to hit on before we sort of look look forward a little bit. Um, no, I think we hit on uh, most of the big points. Yeah, it was a fun game. It, you know, it's it's one of those games where like hopefully we get back to having more of these uh, big wins where there's not a whole lot to talk about just because everyone played well. Um, you know, it was uh, it was encouraging to see. So. Looking ahead, we've got Syracuse on Saturday. Um, Wake you know, games the rest of the way are at Syracuse, and then Wake Forest, Clemson at home, and then away games to North Carolina and Virginia Tech. Um, you know, uh, Ken Palm gives us uh, under thirty percent for the next three: the Syracuse, Wake, and Clemson. Five percent against North Carolina, and sixteen percent at Virginia Tech. So all projected losses. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they steal one or two of these. Probably Syracuse on the road and then Wake and Clemson, you know, one or one of these next three would make the most sense to me. Um, but uh, there's there's definitely momentum going into to Jim Beheim Day in upstate New York. Oh, I can't wait to uh, give Jimmy my tribute uh, best. Um, yeah, it feels like um, you could sneak up on Wake Forest at home on a sleepy Tuesday night start at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Clemson at home on a weekend, maybe if we sneak a, a win against Syracuse or Wake Forest, maybe Clemson uh, seems more winnable. Maybe we got some more uh, some more juice in the crowd, too. Um, you know, having won four out of five or, God forbid, five out of five, that would be sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, to give ourselves a little bit of a, an extra boost at home. Yeah. Um, so looking, looking forward to the ACC tournament. I mean, I think one thing, you know, they showed the bracket um, – on, on the screen during the game, uh, you know, if the season ended today, this is as of, you know, th- Thursday night, um, Notre Dame's opener on Tuesday would be against Miami in the 12-13 game. And then um, the winner of that would play, I believe it's now Clemson holds the five seed in, uh, in the second round before um, moving on to play the four seed, which is, is currently Wake Forest. So you know, given just yeah. given that sort of g- general, I, I think you can sort of put it generally of like, okay, Notre Dame is going to play probably BC or Miami in the first game. Um, 
And then probably someone like Clemson, Pitt, NC State in the second, someone in that range in the second game. Um, like I, I think two win, two wins is very possible uh, down in down in DC this year. I mean, you know, got to get one before you can get two. But you know, that's that's not a like okay, we're running into Duke in round two, so you know, make make dinner plans for the first night, and then you're probably done. Yeah, I'm rooting hard for a BC rematch. Feels like if we play them, you know, 50 times, we're gonna win. 35 maybe um truly with uh the the momentum we have and and just how those games went and unfolded games the irish easily could have won um and then you look at the second round possible opponents i almost feel like i would pick clemson over the likes of like florida state which we hit on is just not a great matchup for us um and then just getting really ambitious looking at the top four seeds you'd probably pick wake Wake Forest. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, it's not necessarily obviously going to be easy um, to have, an, you know, when you play on Tuesday, it gets tough. Um, but if you had to just pick out of a hat the teams you'd like to play, it might line up not the worst for the Irish. So um, let's hope uh, that luck and uh, ordering of the team stays where it is. And maybe we could have some fun down in the capital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in retrospect, obviously, like you, you look back at the schedule and even – just thinking about like the the two BC games and the NC State game. If the, if those three all go the other way, then all of a sudden Notre Dame's eight and seven, and and in you know we're we're, we're playing Syracuse on Saturday to to avoid playing on Tuesday, um, you know, which is how how close which is is how close this season was to like Notre Dame truly just being a middle of the pack ACC team. Um, of course, it doesn't you know doesn't work that way. Those games count. Notre Dame lost, and 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 and, and you know we had our share of, of close wins in the two Georgia Tech games. So um, you know it's not like the, the 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 close games have only been losses, but you know this team was not that far away from just being kind of a run of the mill, you know, five hundred team in a in a bad ACC as opposed to um, you know scrapping away at the bottom to to avoid. Um, I mean, I will say I think we came into the year. I said it on the pod like. The goal of don't be Louisville. I think we can now officially this week like check that box. Like twenty-two point road win means you are not Louisville this year. That is for sure. Um, yeah, if if your hypothetical situation had happened and we are you know near five hundred or just above, just below in the ACC, that would have been a tremendous win and coaching job by Shrewsbury in year yeah. one with this roster that returned. I think the graphic on the on the uh, Louisville game was two percent of its production. And leading scorer Matt Zona, who we know that role that he fills now, so that that would have been absolutely tremendous. I think they're about where we thought they'd be, but I love to see them peaking end of season um, rather than you know having pulled off. You know, let's say they they beat Virginia, and then maybe they beat NC State. Let's flip that game, and then they had just gone in the tank and 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 remained there the rest of the way. That would have been much worse off than than being able to sort of. Um, have a little bit of a resurgence towards the middle to end of the ACC schedule, in my opinion. No, you're, you're definitely right. The arrow, you, you want the arrow pointing up going into the offseason, and that's definitely um, definitely where things are with this team. And I think, you know, obviously a long way to go, and we'll have plenty of podcasts between now and then to talk about the offseason. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, sort of given the current landscape, like what what kind of roster movement we're looking, we're, we're kind of talking about this offseason. Ideally, you want sort of all the continuity you can, sort of given the way things have gone. I don't expect there will be a hundred percent continuity, but um, you know, I think 
it's a good place where where you're not you're sort of talking about okay let's bring back as much as we can build on this and not like oh boy we gotta sort of re-overhaul everything again this offseason absolutely um so all right i mean i guess uh the only other thing like looking at you know do you want to talk about syracuse specifically at all this saturday I, you know i feel like notre dame never plays well in the carrier dome other than um i think the that's one great thing sam that's a yeah thing. other than the one <laughs> one of my favorite random notre dame games was uh it was i believe it was the first game after bonzi colson's injury um we played up there and Rex Fluger, I think Rex Fluger basically played point guard the whole game um, and running like a pseudo burn offense and then uh, ended up him and TJ Gibbs combined on like a steal and layup at the buzzer to win the game. Um, so hopefully we get some of that. We get some of that juju. And I, I just remember it was the, it was definitely the first game after the Bonzi injury because it was like, man, we, we needed this. Um Yep. you know a place a place Notre Dame typically doesn't play well. So yeah, but yeah, you're right. Hopefully that was a uh, a Mike Bray thing or a Jim Beheim thing, and we're ready to start a new era this year. Absolutely, yeah. A couple of quick um, preview of Syracuse, a little bit more specifically. Um, we'll be reunited with our friend JJ Starling, having yep. a, a pretty solid year for for Syracuse. Um, Syracuse has been good at home, no surprise there. Most of their ACC losses have come on the road this year. Um, a matchup that I think could play in the Irish's favor. Uh, Syracuse, 323rd in the country in rebounds per game. Irish, as we know, have been out-rebounding most of the teams we've played this year. Um, so maybe some opportunity for second-chance points, um, you know, getting on the glass, um, that uh, team rebounding effect that we've had going all year. Um, maybe we'll, uh, even if we're not shooting the ball great from outside, which I feel like is hard to do uh, at the Carrier Dome, um, you know, getting on the glass, um, helping ourselves make our own offense off of uh, rebounds. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see how Notre Dame, you know, what, what we sort of drop to defend Judah Mint, Syracuse's point guard. Um, you know, I, I like, obviously, Burton, great defensive player, but Mintz is 6'4", so, like, I, I worry a little bit about the size mismatch there, um, given that he's sort of their primary offensive weapon and, and sort of all of their offense runs through him. But, um, you know... I think uh, Mar- Marcus Burton has been defending players a lot taller than him for pretty much his whole life, so uh, nothing, nothing new in that regard, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think he's used to being the shorter of the two in the matchup. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, all right, well, I think uh, I think that's pretty much all I've got for today. Jay, I don't know, anything else uh, you want to hit on before we wrap up? No, I think we're good. Let's awesome, go yeah, nice... Uh, Nice brief one for your for your Friday morning. Uh, you know, if you got any weekend road trip plans, you can listen to our beautiful voices in the car. And uh, yeah, I will. I will. I'll, I'll. I will promise this: if Notre Dame beats Syracuse on Saturday, I will find a way to podcast for on vacation, and uh, we can Ooh. talk about it. Um, so uh, I'll, you know, <laughs> we can have, your, you have a couple of your family members as guests. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well. If if then uh, we'll talk to you then. If not, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, but thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, looking forward to watching some more Irish wins this year. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Spread the word about the three point Jesus and go Irish. <laughs>